Welcome to the Pop Goes the Culture podcast for Friday, May the 22nd. It's the start of the Memorial Day weekend. We are coming to you. <laughs> you wouldn't even believe it if I told you where we are coming to you from tonight. We are coming to you from across the Midwest, across Southwest Missouri. My name is Joey Mills, and joining me today on the show, we've got let's Curtis. Get to, let's get to you guys, too, in the, in the car first. Tell everybody where you're at, because this is ridiculous. I'm not sure. We're, we're in the middle of bumfuck Missouri in the backwoods somewhere <laughs> at a janky gas station. We got old timers looking like they're going to eat us. Well, I, I heard the, the banjo tune from Deliverance just a minute ago. Yeah, I was flying down the road trying to get away from it. But I think it's creeping <laughs> back in. We've literally spent like 15 minutes listening to these two old ladies drive around in the car trying to find a place to park to pull over so they could do a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's dedication. No, I want I want Justin and I want uh, Dakota to know that's the kind of dedication we expect on this show since they're not with yeah, us tonight. Yeah, Dakota. Yeah, <laughs> neither one of them are here. <laughs> that's right. No, we're we're just we're at a gas station in the middle of the rain because we're in a state or in a town that doesn't have great signal. And the the gas station had the word "come" on it, so we pulled in. You want to give us the address so we know where to. Well, two guys in a steamy car by themselves. I don't, I don't know that I would say. <laughs> Emily's halfway there already. What are you talking about now? <laughs> I'm and, driving right now. There you go. Also on the show, go ahead and introduce yourself, Emily, since we've already uh, I'm Emily. I am actually not on the road. I am in my room just chilling. But Like, like a responsible <laughs> podcaster do. does. Yeah, like every responsible podcaster <laughs> And we may or may not be joined by others later on this evening. I don't know. It's a weird day to do a podcast, I guess. But we'll get into it. First up, we are a bunch of fans, artists, creators, critics from the Midwest talking entertainment pop culture, taking your comments and whatever. We've got a good show for you this week. It's Memorial Day weekend, like we mentioned. So we are going to discuss our favorite military films. And we're going to see who takes the low-hanging fruit this week. Who's going to be the first one to grab the low apples on the tree. But before we get into that and all the headlines from this week, what did everybody watch, read, listen to, play, make? What did you guys do in the past week or so since we've had a chance to talk? Uh, I um, I watched Bad Boys for Life. Oh, yeah? What would you think? I don't know. <laughs> I <laughs> okay. don't know. I, I liked those first two movies. I liked that first one. And this one wasn't awful by any means. Right. It, it it didn't have the shakiness of a Michael Bay movie, thankfully. Right. But it, it it was a little too serious for a Bad Boys movie for me. Really? Interesting. Yeah. And it was weird to still see how easy cars explode in that universe. Well, that too. <laughs> this is true. A stiff wind and you're in danger of your car tipping and exploding. Right. <laughs> what about you, Brad? Well, I watched Bad Boys for Life, too. What'd you think of it? <laughs> well, it was weird to see how easy cars explode. <laughs> I'll be. There's, like, there's a common thread running through this. <laughs> All right, I guess that's it. Uh, it, was, it was okay. It was funny. Um, there were a couple eye roll moments, but it's typical of a Bad Boys movie, I think. 
Yeah. Very good. How about you, Emily? What have you been up to? Um, well, I haven't really watched anything new, but I have started reading um, Astrophysics for People in a Hurry by Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> um, that's what I've started reading, but was, I don't know. Yeah. Was, that, was that on a on a dare or did you lose a bet? No. Or? Well, my sister, my sister read it because because it's literally it's literally a book written for like people who are just like, hey, I want to know a little bit about the cosmos, but I'm not a genius and I don't have the time. So, <laughs> yeah, so I started reading it and it's really it's really cool. Do you feel smarter? I do feel really smart reading it because I get to tell people that I'm reading astrophysics for people in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> I remember in high school, there was a girl who was listening to an audiobook of Stephen Hawking's A Brief History of Time, and she swore up and down it was Michael Jackson reading it. Oh. And that's something I've always been curious about ever since. Could you imagine if Stephen Hawking had narrated his own audiobook? Right? You would think that would be like that would be amazing. <laughs> or or not amazing. We're all gonna, we're gonna burn in hell for these comments, you know. <laughs> I'm on my eighth hour listening to Stephen Hawking talk about time travel and I just want to shoot myself. Exactly. So hey, before uh, Emily and for Curtis, how does all the Sado stuff wrapping up for you guys? Um, go ahead, Curtis. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about Emily. But uh, I guess they're doing an awards ceremony or that's basically on Zoom. I think it's Saturday or Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I have helped uh, two people film their uh, videos to give awards. And um, mine isn't going to win any because we didn't get it. Because you're disqualified. <laughs> Yeah, we're disqualified. Isn't it? It's a joy, honestly. Less pressure. <laughs> exactly. You don't have to worry about competing. Like You're just doing it for the pure love of cinema at that point. Of 48-hour filmmaking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens when your brand of dedication is to sit at home in your room instead of driving around in the rain. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, shit done. There's <laughs> really no need. <laughs> yeah. Had you been just a little more dedicated like these two idiots, I, these two guys, then yes, you would have got it in their time. I mean, I, don't, I think I might have said this before, but last year, the only reason that our team made it in on time is because I drove from Rogersville at 90 miles an hour down James River Freeway. <laughs> To that church where we had to turn everything in and that's the only reason we got there on time nice that's yeah. not safe at all Idiot. either Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what i've been up to just uh kind of throw some things out there we could talk about any of this if you want or not it's totally up to you but uh so today apparently was like western day on basic cable so i was able to catch again uh the quick and the dead was on which is like a hilarious awesome awesomely bad sam raimi western if you've not seen it and then it was like yeah. it was chased with tombstone so it's like this is Ooh, I, nice. I don't have to change the channel this is perfect i can just like tune out and and have fun uh but no over the week or so uh we talked about it last week on the show but i did anybody else catch the prince concert that was on youtube from 1985 i saw a little bit of it okay not i didn't do much of it yeah, I know Kenny did. That's all I know. Yeah, he was listening to it while we were doing the show. Again, yeah, watching, podcast I was, dedication. I was watching <laughs> Carrie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was. It's. it reminded me, and I think I posted this on something, maybe Twitter, Facebook, I don't know, but Prince was like Bugs Bunny of pop music. 
Like he does something, he like gets up there and like humps the stage and like and then he like gives you this little look over his shoulder, like, Ain't I a bad boy? I'm just so silly. And then he like goes and like humps the guitar and then he does it again. And it's just it's just hilarious. It's like you can't be mad at him. I mean, it I don't it, know. It, it's funny it's to funny watch. That. He's got this persona of like, yeah, he kind of like, yeah, he, he's knee deep in all these women, but he may be gay. Who knows? There were some costume choices that were interesting. <laughs> uh, I'll say that. <laughs> they were. Just saying, you know, I'm just saying they were. The- they were interesting. I'm like, well, I don't understand even how that works at some point. But you know, it was it was a choice that was made 35 years ago. Well, I feel like I feel like that's how a lot of rock stars right. were too, well, especially in the 80s. Like yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Sunday night, uh, we I caught the series premiere of Snowpiercer. Did anybody else check out Snowpiercer on TNT oh, on I Sunday? Heard. Oh, yeah, I did hear about it. I haven't watched it yet, but I did hear about it. And I was like, that's cool, but why are they making a new one? Right. It was literally amazing the first time. Yeah, and it's... Yeah. I mean, it's good. It feels like the original. It feels like the movie, but yeah, it's kind of. And I guess it's set pre, like before the movie, obviously because spoilers, okay. <laughs> you know. But um, right. The, but is it the same universe or is it its yes. own? Story? No, it is. is it, it is the same train, just earlier in the timeline, is the way I understand it. How much earlier do you know? Uh, like the opening scenes, the train starts. Oh, okay. okay. So, yeah. Years earlier, so they're hoping so for like yeah. seventeen seasons in a movie. Well, they well that's that's the sto- that's the opening scene, but then like the 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 story actually is like seven years post startup, so about a decade before uh, the the events of the film, I guess. Um, okay. Which which kind of you know limits your storytelling options because these people aren't around in the movie. Uh, but it's it, it it looks like it'll be worth watching. Um, so, if you haven't seen David Diggs on television, I'm surprised it's kind of taken this long to put him in a leading actor's role because he like is just tearing up every scene he's in, just quietly doing his thing. And I don't know, it's he's he's great to watch. And then Jennifer Connelly is the the evil person, I guess, or you know the voice of the train, kind of in the Tilda Swinton role from the movie. So it's it's interesting. Is her character Mason? No, it's a different character. Again, what are you going to do? Okay. These characters are not around for the film, so things are going to end badly, I'm sure. But it's How interesting. Is it's, um, reserved, because that's kind of what that part requires her to be. I feel like most of the shit I see her in, she's a bit reserved these days. Yeah, uh, I think even a little bit more so in this one. And she's got like a little bit of a sinister edge to her in this, where you're not quite sure... If you if she's quite on the on the level with everything she's saying and doing, so I don't know. It's a, it's worth a watch for sure. Um, yeah, I'll have to check out the first episode at least. I hadn't. I I didn't realize it was airing this week. Otherwise, I would have already. Yeah. Does and it? I, go ahead. Does it kind of capture the spirit of Snowpiercer? Because very much so. Yes. Okay. Good. Good. Like one of the because I, there were so many times in in the film where it was just like. Where some things were just happening, and you're like, "What's going on?" But like, why is it so good? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why are they gutting a fish? I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of the class warfare stuff. Uh, a lot of the visuals are very similar. As you know, characters are moving through the different cars of the train. You get that whole sense of like it's an enclosed ecosystem, but at the same time, like each car is its own personality, its own thing. So it feels true to the movie in that respect so it's definitely worth checking out if you haven't and i think it's only 10 episodes this season so it's gonna go quick 
So is it a mini series, or are they expecting a second season? No, they've already greenlit uh, season two. They they had a second season uh-huh. like ready to go, and they've already done some production on it um, before the pandemic shut everybody down. So there will be a second I season. Remember, I remember in the movie there was like uh, some backstory about like previous uh, attempts for people in the tail section to take control of the train, and they referred to one as like the Revolt of the Seven. I didn't yeah. know if maybe this was going to end up being that story or oh, something. Oh, yeah. Could, could be. There have been, even even as this story opens, there's talk of other attempts to revolt. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of, um, I'm trying to, what am I trying to compare it to? Kind of like the Matrix in that, you know, there's always this cycle of violence and revolt and then, you know, crushing the revolt yeah. and kind of shaking up the whole status quo and the hierarchy. So it feels like it's kind of like that in that, you know, you know, there will probably be a violent revolt of some point of some sort in this and whatever, however that shakes out may reset the dynamic of who's in what position in the cars and stuff. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to kind of play along with this one. It, it, like I said, it's pretty good. It's, it's definitely worth yeah. checking out. I kind of feel like I have to watch it now. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, last couple things. I'll just kind of plug these. Um, recorded a couple episodes, uh, some Patreon only episodes for another podcast. I guess, uh, was on uh, two peas on a podcast with our buddy Gerald. Um, we we uh, watched and discussed Batman from 1989 and Stand by Me. So if you aren't already listening to and following two peas on a podcast on social media, be sure to do so. That'll be just for Patreon backers for his Patreon backers. Um, but while we were doing that, we brainstormed a couple of his regular free for all episodes. So we'll be recording those later on this summer. Plus, I'm putting together another podcast as well. So that that'll be. Uh, coming out this summer, so we'll talk more about that later on in the summer as we move through things. Well, we know that you all watched, read, listened to, played with some things uh, over the last week as well. Let us know what you thought about the entertainment that you took in in this past week. Leave us a recorded message with your one-minute review on the hotline at 417-986-7842. We would love to include your one-minute review of whatever in a future episode. So let's jump into the headlines. We'll start with the sad news because it seems like there's always sad news right now to talk about. Um, but first, up, well, first of all, we had <laughs> actor Fred Willard passed away last week. He was yeah. 86 years old. Uh, the actor, of course, had a prolific career, including a number of the Christopher Guest mockumentaries like Best in Show, those types of movies, um, roles in tons of TV series like Everybody Loves Raymond, I think was probably the more high profile recently. Um, and then he was the only actor to appear as a live action character in a Pixar. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So 86 years old, not COVID related. He was just old and sick and died. He, I forget what he was in most recently, but he kind of has looked like he was going, he's kind of looked like my grandmother well, before she passed away. It, they, they released the trailer for that Steve Carell Netflix comedy space force recently. And he was in the trailer for that. And I saw him, there and i was actually concerned just seeing like one second of him in the trailer just because it looked like uh looked like he was deteriorating rough on it yeah yeah and like he was he was holding a phone in his hand he couldn't hold his hand still and i didn't know if that was uh just him acting or if that was you know just a matter of reality for him at that point i wasn't sure yeah Yeah. I'm i'm not sure i know his wife passed away a few years ago and so you know at that age it seems like uh, folks have a tendency to kind of follow not too long after that, uh, unfortunately. But 
Uh, so he passed away this week. And then this is just a weird story. Um, but former WWE wrestler Shad Gaspard, who wrestled as half of the tag team called Crime Time, uh, he was pronounced yeah, dead that. Wednesday morning. He and his 10-year-old son were swimming last Sunday off the coast of California when the pair apparently got caught in the riptide. Lifeguards reached the two, and Gaspard instructed them, take my son in first. I mean, he's 10, <laughs> so take him in. He's going to be the weaker right. swimmer. I'll stay here. I'll just kind of tread water. Before the lifeguards could return, he had disappeared. The riptide had pulled him, you know, a wave. Something took him under. Coast Guard search. They called off their search on Tuesday. His body was actually found washed ashore Wednesday morning, 39 years old, um, which is yeah. really young. And having a 10-year-old to kind of witness all that, that's a, that's a rough situation for the whole family. Right. And it's just weird. Yeah. It's just an odd story, you know, and not in a good way. Not like the fun, odd stories we talk about. Yeah. So moving on from the sad stuff now, let's get to the good stuff. <laughs> Rumor has it that after her upcoming appearance in season two of The Mandalorian, which we're all waiting on, the character of Ahsoka Tano is in line for a live action Disney Plus series now. This comes on the heels of Russian doll creator Leslie Headland being given a undisclosed female led Star Wars series to develop for Disney Plus. And word that apparently Rosario Dawson, who is going to bring Ahsoka Tano to life, uh, her contract is larger than just an appearance in The Mandalorian. Although, again, not totally specified what that contract entails, but they're saying, oh, yeah, we didn't just sign Rosario Dawson to show up for two episodes of The Mandalorian. We're, we have plans for her. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. That is paired with right after that, we found out that Timothy Oliphant will be suiting up in the Boba Fett armor in season two of the Mandalorian. But Tamura Morrison is returning to play the character of Boba Fett. So what's going on? Apparently Oliphant will play a new, not new character, Cobb Vanth, um, who actually appeared in uh, a novel aftermath, which is set after, uh, Return of the Jedi before The Force Awakens, who apparently he in the story, in the in the novel, he bought some armor off of some Jawas that were scavenging the wreck of Jabba's sail barge. So we have Timothy Oliphant in the Boba Fett armor playing a sheriff, which is really appropriate for Timothy Oliphant. And then, right. and then we have actually Tamara Morrison returning, or I guess it'll be the first time he'll be Boba Fett, but he'll be returning as, as a Fett in this as well. So Whole lot of so, weird stuff in season two of the Mandalorian. It sounds like. I have to ask how the Jawas got the armor. Did the the, the thing in the Sarlacc pit shit it out? It, it's either that or it <laughs> vomited it back up, or yeah, I don't know. And then how did they I, get? I want to see that story. Is <laughs> and then how did they get the armor off of? Like, did Boba Fett take off the armor? Be, I, you know, I don't know. It's a weird. Or did the Jawas right. like strip him? My big thing is that I didn't get through season one because it was so slow. And like, I, I've heard that like all the good stuff happens like right at the end yeah. or like that it gets really good. And I, I just sometimes I was just like, is it worth it? But now I'm hearing all about like Ahsoka Tano and, you know, Boba Fett and stuff like that. And I want to yeah. continue. I'm just like, I think I'm just stubborn right now because I'm like, why is it so I haven't good? watched it at all. So yeah. I think those first. Uh, those middle episodes you could say where he's kind of just one adventure after the other he's basically just um, making allies that will come right. into play yeah. yeah the bulk of the season is him like 
pulling an oceans type <laughs> high, you know, scheme. Like I'm going to go talk to this person and they're going to be my friend. And then I'm going to check cash that in later on when I need them for the big score or whatever. So yeah, it's, it is kind of like moving pawns around the chessboard until the last two episodes, but yeah, so, but it's worth it in the end, I think. Okay. Yeah. Also, Maybe I'll watch it. <laughs> yes, yes, do watch it. Watch it and tell us what you think about the end of it. Now that you we know that you've not seen it. Okay. Yeah. Hey, did you hear? What's that? Rosario, Rosario Dawson's forty-one. That's what I heard. Just recently turned yeah. forty-one a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some also some weird news. Some weird news out of the whole CW Arrowverse stuff. Actress Ruby Rose is leaving Gotham City. The actress announced that she will not return for Batwoman season two, which is set to premiere in January of twenty twenty-one. So the search is on for a new Batwoman. They are moving forward without Ruby Rose. Word is that apparently the eight to ten hour days of shooting, uh, 22 episodes plus a couple crossovers, um, is a lot of work. And I guess it was taking, I mean, it's, it would take its toll on anybody. And if you listen to folks give interviews, like our buddy Stephen Amell, um, you know, he had a nervous breakdown doing a podcast after his show ended because it was just so exhausting and apparently it was not working out for her she was not feeling it um from what i have heard um it was not a good situation for the rest of the cast and crew because your lead is you know if your lead isn't driving the the bus um it's hard it's hard on everybody so they are looking to recast the actress um we'll see what happens it's hard i don't know of too many shows that uh, when you have to recast the lead that that things go well for much longer it seems like it that's, that's... So odd. well i think spartacus managed to get away with it and they ended up recasting their well they kind of had to <laughs> that was that was one of those yeah. deals where they and even then they took a season to tell a prequel <laughs> before they you know came back right. and, and picked it back up but and that was one that was only scheduled to run, you know, three seasons. They end up doing a four because they had to put together a six episode, you know, like I said, like a prequel in there just to, as they were recasting. But I yeah, don't know, I'm ongoing. If, I'm curious if they're going to recast the role or if they're going to bring in just a new Batwoman. Apparently yeah. they're recasting the role. Apparently there will be another Kate Kane in Gotham City next season. We'll see. You know, I mean, Justin Bieber I... has the same hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I mean, if he if he'd lose a little weight, start working out, you know, get rid. I mean, of- I guess it's you know the actor's job. Like, you, I mean, if you cast someone you don't like them, you just get a new actor. Like, actors are notoriously replaceable. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't. I the thing is, is like I don't know. I didn't watch um, the Batwoman show, and I didn't really hear super amazing things about it. But well, there weren't there weren't that many super amazing things to say about it, and by so that I'm and by that many, I mean absolutely nothing at all. <laughs> and that that might have contributed to why she's leaving the show too. Yeah, possibly yeah. all that kind of work for you know middling ratings. Possibly, I don't know. Mediocre product. Yeah. 
Well, this week, Netflix announced the Umbrella Academy Season 2 will premiere Friday, July the 31st. That's the same day that Disney Plus will uh, debut Muppets Now. It's a new Muppet-themed uh, show, which is only like 10-minute episodes. So they're kind of they're more shorts than anything else. But um, the Umbrella Academy's announcement, of course, was done in the most fun way possible because nobody can be together. So it was like a Zoom meeting, but it was the dance scene from the very first episode only it was done, oh. like, cut together as though it was the dance scene, although it was really just done on Zoom. So a lot of fun. Uh, that's on social media. I think we've even got it on our Facebook and Twitter pages. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. The cast is recreating the dance scene, and it's it's great. That, that's yeah, by far like the best scene in that series. What's that? I feel like it's been a really long time since the first season. I don't know how long it's been. It just feels like it's been so long. Yeah, I think it's and been 14 or 15 months, a little over a year. And yeah, it feels yeah. like it's been forever. Well, HBO Max, this is the big news of the week, I guess. HBO Max announced on Wednesday that they are going to release the Snyder Cut of Justice League on their new streaming service not this month when it releases, but in 2021, Warner Brothers is spending about $20 million, that's the estimate on the low end, to reassemble the uh, you know the, the post-production team to finish the effects and make a version of a final film. Right now, it's still just kind of you know in pieces with placeholders and storyboards and animatics kind of in the, in the mix. The finished version will either be one four-hour feature film or it will be cut up into like a six-part miniseries, depending on the final edit and which they feel like is the best way to go. I have a question. Yeah. How how much of this is actually the Snyder Cut, or is he just like, okay, I was going to make a two-and-a-half-hour, maybe three-hour movie, but now I have a chance to really expand and add a bunch of shit. Yeah. he, According to Snyder, who says he's not seen the theatrical-released version that they only used, from what he was told, they only used about a quarter of what he shot. And, of course, they only did effects on that quarter. So that's the $20 million is going to be the other three quarters of what he shot, you know, doing all the effects work, getting it, you know, feature film ready. Um, he was supposed to have been filming this as, like, a trilogy, right? Like, there was going to be a part one, a part two, and a part three. So I don't know. A four-hour movie is not a single film. So this may be like what was supposed to be Justice League 1 and 2. But I don't know. The big story, of course, is that people have been clamoring for this thing for like years since the original was released in theaters. Um, and I guess, you know, that kind of that loud corner of the fandom eventually won. You know, It confuses me because everyone blamed him, blamed him for Batman v Superman not being that great or even Man of Steel not being that great but now they want to see his version of Justice League yeah I don't know it's well, really weird I'm I mean just... if there's that much that they like left out like if there's four hours of foot or three hours or two or whatever of footage that they left out it would make sense as to why the movie just doesn't feel right yeah, there are a lot of reasons why the movie doesn't feel right, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, apparently it was supposed to be one thing. Um, when he left, it became something completely different, and you know, it's kind of editing around what was there, and then reshooting a ton of you know what Josh, Joss Whedon wanted. So, I I don't know. I mean, I'm just I always swore that he left before like production had even wrapped, like a month before production had finished. Mm -hmm. 
And so I can't help but wonder, like, if like I thought that's why I always thought that that's why Joss Whedon was brought in, like he was brought in to finish it, and then ended up just refilming a bunch of shit to make it what he thought would be better. Yeah, he and was. So I can't help but wonder if they're going to repurpose some shots that Whedon had done just to get like some missing pieces in there. I I, I don't know. This movie was such a mess from production to from everything that went in prior to this movie with, like you said, Batman v Superman being just a horrible movie to the, you know, the production. And then, you know, Zach having to leave, not because of anything that was wrong with the film. I mean, he was feeling good about whatever, you know, abortion he was putting together on film, but he left because of, you know, one of his children had committed suicide. So absolutely right. to step away, <laughs> please do, you know, forget the right. artistic quality of the movie, go take care of your family. But you know, it's just, man, I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't like it originally. I don't know that there's anything that they can show me that's going to make me think, oh, well, that's clearly better. Um, somebody, yeah. I saw on social media, somebody had said he went to the deli today and he was going to get some deli bologna. So they had like the kind of the bologna log, the sausage link, you know, giant piece of bologna. And the guy at the deli asked him how he wanted to cut. And he said, so he asked the guy at the deli counter to, to cut the bologna instead of cutting like the thicker slices that he li- usually likes that, you know, you'd like fry up, you know, with cheese and stuff. He told him to give him the Snyder cut. And when he got home, he found out it's the same fucking bologna. So, you know, that's kind of how I feel about the movie. It's like, it doesn't matter if it's the Snyder cut or the Whedon cut, it's still the same fucking movie. So yeah, it still tastes the same. Yeah. yeah. Which is not good. I, I'll still, I'm still curious to watch it when it comes out though. Like I said, I'm curious to see if they repurpose some shit. And the, a way to tell is if you see some shots where you're hearing characters speak, but you can't see their mouths, they're probably repurposing a shot and just doing a hell of a lot of ADR to get it. Yeah, I heard that they were br- going to probably bring people back to do. Yeah, I heard that there will be some voice voiceover work. work. Yeah. I wonder if they'll keep the mustache on Superman or this time. Right. I mean, I don't know because I That's feel like. the mustache cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like DC is just like, like they have a couple of good ones. Like they've got a couple of good movies, but I'm wondering if just the, the biggest issue is not like, obviously not the characters or the actors. It's, I, it's a, the fault of the company itself. Cause I feel like there's so much that they can utilize that they just like literally don't even think about or write completely just, wrong like storytelling yeah as, complete lack of focus like, yeah like yeah it feels like, like they're they've leaned so heavily into the the david ayer the goyer that that whole you know cabal yeah. of people that continue to work for dc somehow and crank out just absolute garbage and keep getting jobs for them i don't know it's weird I mean, they still make a shit ton of money. Oh, yeah. And that's all this is, too. This is, uh, you know, hey, Disney came out with The Mandalorian on you know their premiere date, and they're throwing out stuff constantly. What can we do to drum up excitement for HBO Max when really they didn't have anything exciting in the pipeline? I guess this is one way to say, yeah. well, look, we'll give you the Snyder Cut on HBO Max, and then that will drive subscriptions, I guess. It'll, I'm sure it'll pay for itself, right? Is it maybe? Is it possible that this is going to turn into like a Blade Runner situation where they're putting out the Snyder cut and then in another ten to fifteen years, Zack Snyder's going to come out with his final cut? They'll come out and with the, the 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 cut that's like the Snyder cut with the weed and stuff worked back in, so it's like a six hour cut of the film. For, or 
But then, yeah. like, Whedon, 20 years from now, is like, no, I want my full vision. Yeah, and if, he's if like, I had, yeah, if I had been in charge the whole time, here's what I would have done from get. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Well, Terry Michelle Geller's in it too. Wink. What? Yeah. I said, hey, Sarah Michelle Gellar's in it too, you know, going back to his Buffy roots. I heard him clearly, and that was my thought too. What? Yeah, okay. I was just making sure I, yeah, I wasn't following. I'm making sure I was not the only one not following. Hawk's not here. He would have got it. I'm sure he would have. All right. Rick and Morty creator, co creator Justin Roiland told Slash Film this week he'd love to see a little bit of a different release strategy for the fan favorite series. Rather than releasing 10 episodes in 10 weeks like they did with seasons one through three, or doing this weird split where they did five in five weeks, took a break, and then do another five the next five weeks. What he would like to see Adult Swim do is release one episode per month, every month. That way, according to Royland, it would be in people's minds year-round. It would give animators and writers plenty of time in between each episode to meet their one-episode-a-month schedule. And it would be like an event, like the third Sunday of every month is Rick and Morty Sunday or whatever. Um Rick and Morty, of course, it was extended prior to season four to include a total of 100 episodes, which after season four ends, that leaves 60 episodes. Um, So at that pace, if they were to go with one episode a month, every month, it would take five years to get through the rest of Rick and Morty. What do you think about that? An episode a month for the next five years. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, it's different. It, it would definitely help kind of clear up the palette of all this shit that just keeps bombarding us at the same time. You know, it's like, Oh, I got to binge this. Oh, I got to binge this. Well, I'm tired of binging. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's the big thing is that we are such a binging culture now that it's just like thinking of having one episode a month feels really weird considering most of the time we get full seasons in one day, you know? Yeah. Um, it might be good for us <laughs> to have some patience, but it's a weird thought considering the binge culture that we live in. And it feels right. like if you're doing one a month and you want it to be an event, it's going to have to be longer than the 20 minute standard format, you know, one episode. Right. It, it feels like if I'm getting one a month, it's almost got to be like an hour long episode or an hour and a half. You know, it's got to feel like a mini movie every month, which I don't know that they can sustain a storyline for that long. It feels like some of their stories after 20 minutes, you're like, wow, that felt like an hour and a half anyway. Um, yeah. so, so I don't I know. Mean, it's a thought. It's certainly different. Um, but yeah, this isn't know. kind of, this isn't the same thing, but like the Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Sherlock show, they do, three hour and a half long episodes and they take what 16 damn years in between each <laughs> i think so yeah they yeah. started when he was five years yeah. old right. and they did four seasons of it so yeah you do the math wait how old is he now <laughs> uh 87 old 87. enough emily that's right wow <laughs> and <Moving>. <laughs> On Wednesday, California. Hey, there's Kenny. On Wednesday, California Governor Gavin Newsom stated that the state, there goes Kenny, would be back open for film and television production as early as next Monday. 
leaving many in the industry stunned by the announcement. According to Deadline, one <laughs> TV producer who has a television series and streaming series in production, I'm guessing Guggenheim, but I won't say that, or Berlanti, uh, said, quote, we are over a month away at least from reopening sets. I don't care what Newsom says. I'm looking at July at the earliest to make sure that everything is safe for my people. Another studio exec echoed that same sentiment. Uh, he said, quote, there is no way we're ready yet. There are too many cases here, too many deaths, and too many unknowns. They can't even get the corner stores to stick to the rules of reopening. So sets and studio lots are a long way from being safe. A lot of change is going to be needed. Um, that kind of, to put that in perspective, why the studios are a little you know, hesitant, um, even the governor's office, a spokesperson for the governor's office said, quote, we have increasing cases in the L.A. area, and because of that, it's going to have some delays in the Los Angeles region. I don't want to say that's going to be a switch so we can turn things on and off as quickly as it might be in other areas of the state. So certainly a mixed message. The governor's office says, look, L.A. is not ready to reopen, and then they come out and say, all right, we're going to get back to filming TV and movies. Um, and studio executives and producers are saying, what? 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 No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's a odd. It's it's unprecedented. I know everybody wants to get back to work. Everybody wants to get the money moving again. But man, that's just it's just it's just so weird that it seems like some people are so far disconnected from um, what's going on in their states. Well, it's impressive that uh, people that tend to make millions of dollars off these movies are the ones are... saying, "Hold on." <laughs> Yeah, I mean that has to tell you something. Yeah, they're also the ones who are liable if a you know production has to shut down because you know thirty people on the crew and half the cast are sick. You know, so yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's odd thing about this with sets and crews. It's like it's just a bunch of people working so closely together. Yeah, that like having them open earlier than some other places, especially in LA the hotspot for COVID. Um, yeah, it's it's an odd thought. If I'm a studio person, an executive, a producer in LA, you know, I'm taking my cue off the porn industry and I'm not filming anything until the cameras start rolling on porn again. Because if they say, <laughs> if, they're, if they're like, look, it's a little too sketchy for us to be filming right now, then if I'm filming like, you know, something for Amazon, I'm like, well, fuck, if the, Porn actors aren't going to be going back to work. There's no way in hell I'm sending these multi-million dollar stars out there to go get sick. But that's just yeah, my, that's just my take. I don't know. That is an interesting way of looking at it. Well, that's who I'm watching. If it's if I'm in the studio, Disney. I bet that's who you're watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. studio or no. <laughs> Disney executives were on hand in masks to meet and greet patrons as Disney Springs partially reopened in Orlando, Florida today. Disney is requiring masks for all visitors ages three and older, which has caused, of course, some backlash online, mostly among people who were never actually planning on going to Disney anyway. Um, Disney <laughs> made it clear that by attending one of its parks, you are taking your life in your own hands. If you log into the My Disney Experience app, the message that greets attendees is this, quote, We have taken enhanced health and safety measures for you, our other guests, and cast members. You must follow all posted instructions while visiting Walt Disney World Resort. 
An inherent risk of exposure to COVID-19 exists in any public place where people are present. COVID-19 is an extremely contagious disease that can lead to severe illness and death. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, senior citizens and guests with underlying medical conditions, medical conditions are especially vulnerable by visiting Walt Disney World Resort. Resort, you voluntarily assume all risks related to exposure to COVID-19. Let's keep each other healthy and safe. So that's, we are not responsible. Yeah, that's that's magical for your Magic Kingdom experience. We will, we will take your money and possibly your life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that so probably won't make a brochure. No, I, I'm guessing that. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't happen. I'm surprised. You know, if it's me, you know, you've seen statues are getting masks you know they've masked the uh the lions outside the new york public library and stuff i'm surprised they don't have like mickey and masks just to kind of help promote the, you know like hey look even mickey's wearing a mask instead they're just expecting oh. people to show up and wear masks because a bunch of people would complain that they're forcing their uh, oh they're already complaining you know. yeah yeah, well, I mean, for a different reason. So it's a it's a lose lose situation, I'm sure. Yeah, just stay home. How about that? Yeah, Kenny, I'm glad exactly. you're on here. What? I'm glad you made it for this. Yeah. Funko held their Funko Ween <laughs> event, announcing the new products coming this fall. Among them, there's a ton of Funko stuff coming out for Halloween. There's a 13 days of Halloween Advent-style calendar where you open the little thing and you pull out your little mini Funko. Um, the calendar oh, contains yeah. 13 mini pop figures, including Freddy Krueger, Beetlejuice, Jack Torrance from The Shining, Pops from the Annabelle series, It, Little Shop of Horrors, The Nun, The Exorcist, Friday the 13th, The Lost Boys. Uh, also announced for Halloween 2020, Marvel Zombies Pops, The Craft, that movie from the 90s, Pops, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Creep Show, Zombieland, Edward Scissorhands, uh, Halloween Costume Minions from the Despicable Me series, and a whole bunch more. Um, I guess they, apparently, the uh, Christmas Pops have sold really well. So now they're going to go with the Halloween stuff. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it, the Christmas Pops, though, I mean, those things... I don't think there's a single one of those that are valued over four dollars now. They're, right. I mean, they completely lose their value. So you got to get them to love them. And they're smart with this because there's a ton of horror fans, right. and they'll they're going to eat all this. So I, I in fact have my pre-orders in for a few. So yeah, I figured as much. <laughs> Again, glad you're back for that. Well, do you think yeah. Stanley Kubrick would have been welcoming to the Funko Pop of Jack Torrance? I don't think Stanley Kubrick's ever been welcoming. Period. <laughs> welcoming is not a word that was used an adjective that was used to describe stanley kubrick at any point in his life i don't think fair point <laughs> true, true. <laughs> and finally when your pizza tastes like ass and is secondary in all your profits but no one wants to come into the petri dish that is your restaurant and store what do you do to stay in business during a pandemic well you catfish unsuspecting customers at least that's what Chuck E. Cheese is doing. Chuck E. Cheese is selling its pizza and wings on delivery services like Grubhub, only instead of ordering Chuck E. Cheese, because nobody is going to order Chuck E. Cheese through Grubhub, you can order Pascali's Pizza and Wings. Pascali is the name of the Italian chef-looking fucker that's in the band that Chuck E. Cheese uses. Oh, no. <laughs> food, and, <laughs> food and Wine magazine looked into the new Pascali's restaurant when it started showing up on Grubhub and found that the addresses for all the Pascali's stores are all Chuck E. Cheese restaurants. 
In a press release, <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese Inc. fessed up saying Chuck E. Cheese Entertainment Incorporated recently launched Pascali's Pizza and Wings nationwide. So they made it sound like, oh, yeah, we were planning this shit. The inspiration was rooted in the desire to create a premium pizza while staying true to the Chuck E. Cheese brand, the statement read. I don't know that anybody's ever said Chuck E. Cheese and premium pizza in the same sentence before this. No. I've never eaten Chuck E. Cheese. I don't want to. Pascal giggling after. <laughs> uh, Pascali's Pizza and Wings, named after another favorite member of the Munch's make-believe band, shares kitchen space with Chuck E. Cheese restaurants, ensures high-quality, fresh ingredients, just like Chuck E. Cheese does. Pascali's uh. Pizza and Wings recipes use fresh, homemade pizza dough, just like Chuck E. Cheese, but it's a different sauce that features a thinner crust, or I'm sorry, a thicker crust and extra sauce, extra of that special sauce, giving customers a quote more flavorful premium pizza experience. While Pascali's Pizza and Wings recipes are currently only available for delivery and for select items, they may be added to the Chuck E. Cheese menu in the future. Fuck you, Charles at Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> wow man we, we had to go last year to a birthday party and they held held it at chuck e cheese i was like well that's cool i haven't been in a chuck e cheese for a couple decades so i was like this might be fun and we we tried the pizza oh my god that stuff is oh that's horrible <laughs> it's I'm literally it's literally reused. Like they, they literally, when a birthday party full of three-year-old kids leaves the building and there's extra pizza, they pick up the extra pizzas and they put it in the other pizzas. And that's why when you go to Chuck E. Cheese, the slices are all different sizes. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, I'm not a math major, but this does not make a circle. <laughs> this is not right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's disgusting. Fuck you, Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese, why we have COVID? Yeah, maybe so. No, it was a bat, not a rat. You're getting it wrong. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And no, in I, other news, I think, I yeah, think we ahead. should do a taste test. No, I don't think we should. If anybody, no, unless you're volunteering, yeah. Yeah, what we'll do is we'll get you a piece of cold Chuck E. Cheese pizza, and then we'll no. order a slice of Pascali's, and we'll let you taste test them and tell us which one is which. <laughs> They taste the same. They both taste like my asshole. Pretty much. <laughs> it's sad that you've tasted your asshole before. You know, what the- <laughs> you know that would be saying something, but it honestly didn't have a taste. I was going to say, I mean, we, we got the pepperoni one, and I'm, I was waiting for a taste, and there was none. It didn't, yeah, unless your it asshole just- is very bland, Brad. Um, it doesn't taste like anything. <laughs> I'll try to wipe as best I can. All right. Well, fair enough. Maybe so then. And in other news, everybody here is uh, has graduated from high school. Did anybody have a senior prank? Did anybody's class do like a senior prank? No. No. I see. You hear about it all the time, but I don't well, know of anybody whose class has ever actually done a senior prank. Did you? Did your class? We had here? an idea. Yeah, we, but we nobody's ever we, done it though, right? We were wanting to take a bunch of like instant mashed potatoes and dump them on the on the uh, school's football field. And so in the morning when the sprinklers came on, it just turned into mashed potatoes, but that never happened. Yeah, everybody always remember. comes up with an idea, but nobody ever does shit, right? There was one year, I wasn't a senior, but I do remember one year, someone who was a senior that year 
went into the bus barn and slashed all the damn tires on that's the not school a prank. Buses. That's like destruction Jeez, of property. <laughs> right. And I don't I don't think it was technically a class prank. I think it was supposed to be done as a class prank, but all they did was piss off all the other people. I think it was just one disgruntled loser. The bus. Yeah. Yeah, see that's why I said well, because I was like, does it count that for our senior trip, we like took a bunch of booze and uh, weed and stuff. And no, that's like, just that's just a senior trip. For, yeah. yeah, that's just a senior trip movie with Jeremy Renner. I think I, I can't remember if this happened my year or a different year or if it even happened at all. I just remember. <laughs> I, I I just remember someone someone drew a bunch of penises on the sidewalk. What's that? And, and I can't remember. Like a senior prank, was it me? Is that what you asked? Yeah, uh, I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> I plead the fifth. All right, well, it's hard to pull off a senior prank right now because we're all you know social distancing and you know schools are out. Um, so Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves he asked people to submit names of high school seniors so that he could read them aloud on a webcast, kind of like you know the whole they did the you know, America <laughs> salutes graduating students and all that shit. So it was oh, recognition no. for teens who were missing traditional graduation ceremonies. So on a, fa- on a Facebook live session on Saturday, Reeves started to read the names of the graduates. He got to Florence High School, his alma mater, actually. Um, when he assumes, uh, we all assume this was a prank, somebody had submitted Harry, H-A-R-R-Y, Azcrack, A-Z-C-R-A-C. <laughs> so the 45-year-old Republican governor read... Harry Azcrack paused briefly and then just kept going. Uh, the video <laughs> clip became, you know, it, it went viral on Twitter, Facebook. The governor handled it all with good humor. He said, quote, Harry's submitter has a bright future as a Simpsons writer. Um, <laughs> said uh, he will, though. He, he's still planning to go through and read the names of graduating seniors because he feels like they deserve that. He said, quote, maybe even Ben, the pride of the Dover family, uh, will be read at some point. <laughs> Reeves' spokeswoman said... Mike Hunt. Mike Hunt, yes. He was not the, one, of the, one of those. I used, to, I used to write that on the sign-up sheets in uh, my ROTC class anytime there's a field trip. Yeah. <laughs> Reeves' spokeswoman said Wednesday that the governor's staff spent hours grouping almost 10,000 individually submitted names by schools. As for Harry Azcrack, she said, we can probably say it's not a real person. What's funny is there's this guy in Mississippi named Harry Azcrack who's like, fuck all y'all. I graduated. I earned this diploma. I earned my diploma. Y'all can kiss my ass. My hairy ass crack. <laughs> it, all right. It no. is time for me to bow out. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you, catch you next week. Yep. See ya. See ya. Adios. Now, to be fair, I honestly did go to college with a guy named Mike Hunt. And <laughs> he, he hated it. He's like, I always want to go by Mike. But he's like, I just gave up and just have everybody call me Michael. Right. Because when you say Michael Hunt, they, they don't think about it. But if you shorten it, he's like, yeah, it's not funny when your name is that. Yeah. And he <laughs> couldn't go by his middle name either because his middle name was Scrotum. So <laughs> I think his was Lee is the same as mine. Yeah. I would have gone with Lee then. <laughs> yeah. Well, he went with Michael. Yeah, fair enough. 
And on <laughs> Facebook, uh, we ask, of course, every week for you to submit your story of the week. We got this one from Caleb, Caleb Smothers on Facebook. Thanks again, Caleb. Caleb is a regular uh, submitter of stories he finds. And this one, it's this, I don't know. Emily left. She's the younger one of the group. So this may have applied more to her uh, than some of us. But does anybody remember Club Penguin? It was a little like social media video it. game. Yeah, something the kids played like 10 years ago or so. Yeah. Well, Disney nope. has put the final nail in the coffin of Club Penguin Online, which is the largest unofficial fan server for this casual multiplayer chat room game thing. Um, this, Disney took the servers down in 2017. They closed it, said it's not worth it anymore. We don't want to do it. The code was available. Somebody snatched it up, and they were running kind of their own server for people that still wanted to keep playing the game. Well, the server was shut down Friday following a Digital Millennium Copyright Act takedown from the Walt Disney Company earlier in the week. This follows an investigation by the BBC, which found that users of the online social network, most of whom were children and teenagers were being exposed to explicit sexual and racist messages. One man has since been arrested on suspicion of possessing child abuse images. Quote, child safety is a top priority for the Walt Disney company. And we are appalled by the allegations of criminal activity and the abhorrent behavior on this unauthorized website that is illegally using the club penguin brand and characters for its own nefarious purposes. Disney told the BBC, we continue to enforce our rights against this and other unauthorized uses of uses of club penguin game. Uh, again, this is one of the first social networks specifically aimed at children. It launched in 2005, saw more than 200 million users at its peak. Um, like I said, they're, it was taken down in 2017. The original version, of course, had all kinds of content filters. It had human moderators keeping the inappropriate messages from being shared. Um, the BBC found that moderators were no longer removing racist content, and players were engaging in, quote, penguin e-sex, end quote. Sending and receiving, <laughs> I don't know, sending and receiving explicit okay. messages. Uh Club Penguin Online had previously accrued over 8 million users across the course of the last two years, making it one of the biggest fan replicas of the game to appear after the original released. Um, so, yeah, I guess that they recently had had a bunch more people join because everybody's stuck at home and kids and apparently nefarious adults were making accounts and playing Club Penguin Online and engaging in, quote, Penguin e-sex, end quote, whatever the uh -huh. fuck Penguin e-sex is. That's fucked up. I don't want to know. No, <laughs> no I don't want to know either. Again, if I'm Disney, if I'm in Anaheim and I'm working for the Disney company, what am I doing? I'm watching the porn industry, and as soon as I see Club Penguin e-sex pop up, I'm filing an injunction. Those goddamn penguins from Madagascar. Yeah, that's not a Disney, though. They can, they, they can use no, them for all their lurid <laughs> sexual purposes with those. Disney doesn't care about that. <laughs> Well, let us know what you think of the top stories each and every week, just like Caleb did. Thanks, Caleb. Thanks for making, re making me read Penguin Esex, Caleb, uh, on the show. <laughs> if we use your suggestion, we'll give you a shout-out in an upcoming episode. Send us your suggestions on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for and follow us at PGTC Podcast. It stands for Pop Goes the Culture. 
at PGTC Podcast. Links to all that and more at popgoestheculture.com. Here are the results from last week's pop quiz. Our poll question was this. In honor of all of our medical heroes right now, we wanted to know what was your favorite medical-themed television series of all time. We compiled the results from Facebook and Twitter, threw them all together. Here are the results. In fourth place, with only 4% of the votes, was ER. I'm surprised it was that low. Oh, fuck all of you! I'm surprised it was that low, to be honest. That but, show had 40 million viewers in its high in its heyday. Yeah, well, apparently those people have those boomers have all passed on, or they're not voting in the poll or something. Yeah. In third place, with 14 percent of the vote, again a low number, was House. House getting 14 percent of the vote in third place, and that's the one that Hawk was advocating. Maybe we don't use. If any of those, we shouldn't have used ER. I guess. In right. In second place, with thirty-two percent of the vote, was Mash. Not surprised. I, you know, I figured it would be one or two. Um, and seeing that yeah. spread, thirty-two percent—that's about where I figured it would get. So Mash comes in at thirty-two. In first place, taking half of the votes, fifty percent of the votes. I'm surprised it was that high, to be honest. Was Scrubs? Scrubs was voted your favorite, your number one medical-themed television series of all time. I, that was my vote as well. Yep. I love Scrubs. Oh, well, fine. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I can watch that over and over. I can watch the and same have, episode yeah. over. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I was, surprised. Yeah, I was watching it the other day, and the kids <laughs> happened to be just like walking through the room, you know, and it was on, and and they were playing uh, hide the cracker with the saltine, hide the saltine. Yes. <laughs> the kids were like, "Ooh, what's this?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah," and I thought about like you know reaching back and seeing if I had you know pulling one out from like the back of my shirt collar or something, but I didn't. You guys play. Well, after we I talked about that, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, you need to watch Scrubs then, goddammit. I've seen a handful of episodes, oh, and that was okay. Yeah. You just got to sit down and watch it. It's one of those you just got to, it's like community or those others. You just got to sit down and binge it and get through it. Go ahead, Kenny. I keep t- talking well, over you. Go ahead. No, that's all right. I just, uh, after we talked about it, I went and uh, looked up the episode of uh, where Brandon Frazier plays. <laughs> Dr. Cox's wife, uh, you know, and I, I yeah. watched the episodes where, you know, he showed up and then, of course, the one where he passed away. And God, I was like, son of a bitch, that still gets me. I've, I've seen that episode, okay. I don't know, a dozen times, and I'm still like, oh, God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> No shit. And there's every one of those episodes, you're like, oh shit, that's funny. That's so funny. And then, like, all of a sudden, they like kick you in the nuts at the end of the episode. You're like, God damn it. <laughs> what yeah. that, what's going on? This is supposed to be fun. Yeah. Then you're like, give me another one next week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hit me again. Mainlining that shit. <laughs> well, thanks to everyone who voted. Uh, we'll have another pop quiz for you a little bit later on in the show, along with where you can find the pop quiz and vote. But coming up, we are going to talk about our favorite military. We talked about medical stuff last week. We're going to be talking about our favorite military themed films. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. Hello friends, my name is Jason A. Meiske. I'm a thriller author and the host of the Sample Chapter Podcast. I'd like to invite you to join me each week as I introduce you to authors from all over the world. Together we have a nice little chat before the guest author reads a sample chapter from one of their books. There's been sci-fi, westerns, romance, horror, thrillers, and even the weird. There's names you don't know 
and for sure, several that you do. And with over 100 episodes so far, you're sure to find a new favorite book. So come on over and join us every Tuesday on the Sample Chapter Podcast. All right, this weekend in pop culture, May 23rd, 1911, the New York Public Library was dedicated. 1911, that building has shown up in so many different like movies and TV shows, and I think it's more famous for that than anything else, because if you need a library in New York City, that's, that's where you go, apparently, for, for films and television. Of course, Ghostbusters you know, made a, an appearance there early in the first film. So. Yeah. Who yeah. was it dedicated to? Uh, the city of New York and all the folks living in it. (laughs) May 23rd, 1934 bank robbers, Bonnie and Clyde were shot to death in a, in a stolen Ford deluxe near Bineville parish in Louisiana. May. May Oh yeah. No, it it made the two. Yeah. They toured it around the country (laughs) for some reason. Like people were fascinated. Hell, they were around here. Yeah. Yeah, he said it came through where he was at in Oklahoma. Yeah. About like, I think it was maybe two and a half weeks, something like that, three weeks later. Yeah. And finally made it through, and they everybody came and looked at it, and they he said they didn't bother cleaning it out or nothing. There was oh, still no. blood and hair and everything in there. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I guess yeah, it's a good thing we Find have it. televisions <laughs> now. Huh? We don't have to do that shit. Yeah. That's <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> May 23rd, 1994. Again, we're in the end of May, so it's like series and season finale type stuff. So May 23rd, 1994, Star Trek The Next Generation series finale aired. And then one year later, on May 23rd, 1995, Full House series finale aired on ABC. Nice. Yeah, that was a mercy killing. Yeah, well, (laughs) apparently it couldn't stay dead. It's a zombie. It came back for a little while. Hey, yeah. I gotta, say, I gotta say something. Yeah. So this this goes back to Bonnie and Clyde. Could you imagine they didn't clean out the JFK car afterwards and just showed it around? I mean, uh, no. Okay. Just- <laughs> <laughs> no, none of us could imagine that, Curtis, because I mean, they, they did have all- TV by that point. So. <laughs> well, that and you know, uh, the, an American president. American president's blood all over everything is a little different than two criminals that are, you know, killed people and robbed banks and stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Sometimes the same flair. Yeah. May twenty fourth, Sunday, May twenty fourth, May twenty fourth, eighteen thirty. Mary had a little lamb by Sarah Josepha Hale was published. All right, fair yeah, enough. So, yeah. so when did Mary have the lamb? What what date was that? Prior to eighteen thirty, apparently. <laughs> okay. Which is weird. You think that would you would think that uh, yeah that would have made all the news. You know, a woman gives birth to a sheep, but <laughs> clearly not. May twenty fourth, eighteen. May twenty fourth, eighteen. That's what that was about. Yeah, you got to listen to the lyrics, man. May twenty fourth, eighteen forty four. 14 years after Mary gave birth to a lamb, <laughs> Samuel Morse sent the first public telegraph meth- message. So, Samuel Was Morse. Was it about Mary? But clearly, like, y- y'all heard this shit about Mary? 
Yes, Sam. That's... Said send nudes. Yeah, there you go. I wonder how you type. Would that be dash dash dot 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 dot? I don't know what the fuck that looks like. May twenty fourth, eighteen eighty three. The Brooklyn Bridge opened, connecting Manhattan and Brooklyn. Before that, you had to swim, I guess. Before that, you had to do your dirt in town. Yeah, exactly. May 24th, 1935, the Cincinnati Reds beat the Philadelphia Phillies 2-1. to one. You ask, why does anybody give a rat's ass about that? Well, that was Major League Baseball's first ever night game in 1935. Really? Apparently so. May 24th, 1991, Brad Pitt, Springfield's own Brad Pitt, went on to star headline in the film Thelma and Louise, which was released in theaters. Actually, no. It was a bit part, but it's the only thing anybody seems to talk about. Yeah, I don't remember which one was Thelma and which one was Louise. Do you guys? No. No. (laughs) Honestly, when you said Brad Pitt, 1991, I thought you were going to say Cool World. I'm not sure when that was released. I, I think it was after because I think I think Thumb and Louise was like the first, like his first major on screen role. But I don't quote me on that. Yeah, first time I remember seeing him was in um, uh, what was that movie where he was like the stoner guy that true uh, romance. Yeah, true romance. Yeah, I yes. think that was after that as well. It was later in that the nineties. Was written by Tarantino, and then I, I guess after Inglorious Bastards, him and Tarantino have decided that. Brad Pitt's character is the great great grandfather of Brad Pitt's character in True Romance. Oh, fair enough. Uh-huh. Where does the invisible uh, Brad Pitt come into that from Deadpool 2? I don't know. All right, I don't know. Birthdays this weekend. There you go. Birthdays this weekend, Saturday, May the 23rd. Actress Joan Collins from Dynasty, the original Dynasty. Everybody remembers that, I'm sure. Turns 87 years old. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Boxer Marvelous Marvin Hagler turns 68 years old on Saturday. Drew Carey turns 62 years old. That's fucking old. He is I thought boomer. he was older. <laughs> I don't know, 62, that's fucking old. Actress Melissa I mean, McBride. I mean, he was older, but he, he doesn't, come, doesn't, I guess he doesn't come off that way, so yeah. I thought he was more like in his early 50s or something. Yeah, I was, think, I was thinking mid-50s, but clearly I was wrong too. Actress Melissa McBride from The Walking Dead turns 55 years old on Saturday. Oh, she rocks. Singer Jewel Kilcher, remember Jewel from like 20 years ago? She turns yeah. 46 years old on Saturday. So does it's funny, Jewel is the same age as Jeopardy mega champion Ken Jennings. They both turn 46 years old on Saturday. What's he doing? Spending his millions? Doing more Jeopardy related shit, probably. Hmm. And finally, I a Jewel story. What's that? Oh, you got a Jewel story? I do have a Jewel story. We were, um, we you went and watched her play. You were what now? Well, she, we went and watched her play before she was like real popular. Right. And uh, downtown, and like it was me and my buddy, and like his girlfriend, who was like, she was just gorgeous. And the whole time, like Jewel come up and she was talking, she was walking around thanking everybody for coming out and, you know, stuff like that. And she was talking and she was like, eyes locked on my buddy's girlfriend the whole time and like touching her shoulder and giggling and stuff. I was like, Oh, I'll be damned. Jules bisexual. I did not know that. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Is that where the story ends? Or? 
Uh, as far as I know, because I I was just we weren't there together. I just we were just hanging out. So uh, I don't know what happened afterwards. We can only he imagine. knows what happened in his head later. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. And finally, on Saturday, screenwriter and director Ryan Coogler turns thirty-four years old. Thirty-four years old, the guy that did uh, Fruitville Station, Creed, Black Panther. Thirty-four years old. Curtis, how old are you again? <laughs> I'm 32. 32. You're a screenwriter and director too, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. just as successful too, right? Oh, that's yeah, that's yeah. You, so you've got two years, Curtis, to catch Ryan Coogler. I got to get my own creed going. You do. You've got to find your Michael B. Jordan to help you uh, get your shit made, apparently. <laughs> Get your shit together too. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> Sunday, May twenty fourth, Tommy Chong turns eighty two years old on Sunday. Far out, man. Yeah, man. Such a, such a nice dude. He is. How could you not be? <laughs> He's Tommy fucking Chong. I mean, what do you got to be upset about? Bob Dylan. I know, we, Go ahead. I know, my, no, you're good. I was gonna say when he was uh, you got a Tommy Chong story. I knew when he came to town, we were, uh, we, he was doing signings at, uh, Kaleidoscope. Right. And, uh, um, we that. were we having to be there and stuff. And he's like, he's like, Hey man, if it, he goes, I'm going to go out and burn one. He wouldn't want to go. So there's like five or six of us. We all went back behind and smoked a joint with him, hung out for a while. He was like super, like, like he was just one of the guys in line. I mean, he was super cool dude. Right. Right on. Bob Dylan turns 79 years old on Sunday. Um, Wait, Tommy Chong's older than Bob Dylan? Yeah, by three years. But they <laughs> look the opposite. Like, Bob Dylan looks way older. Bob Dylan looks like he's 96. Bob Dylan well, has always looked like mild. he's 79 years old. So, <laughs> Tommy Chong's got those in-town miles where, you know, <laughs> yeah, he's got the highway miles on him. Clearly. Singer Patti LaBelle turns 76 years old on Sunday. Actress, See, now I would have thought she was like 80-something. Yeah, well, there you go. Actress Priscilla Presley, remember her from the Naked Gun movies? She turns 75 years old on Sunday. God damn. Damn. Wow. <laughs> yeah, nobody saw that one coming. I know. Sorry to blindside you like that. Cinematographer. <laughs> that's all I know her from is that. Yeah, well, I guess she's not Spank Bang. Yeah. Uh, cinematographer <laughs> Roger Deakins. Uh, one of the the best cinematographers working. He worked on No Country for Old Men, Blade Runner 2049, 1917. He turns 71 years young this weekend on Sunday. Yeah, He just won an Oscar, didn't he, for For 1917? Yeah, he did. Yeah. At 70 years old. Actor Alfred Molina turns 67 years old on Sunday. Actor John C. Riley turns 55 years old on Sunday. Damn, he's getting old. That's awesome. Yeah. And finally, mega producer Greg Berlanti turns 48 years old on Sunday. Happy birthday to, birthday to everybody celebrating this weekend. Sunday, May 24th, is National Scavenger Hunt Day. Oh, shit. It's Scavenger Hunt Day. Nobody's as excited as I am. Okay, fair enough. Well, I don't think anyone's going to be participating this year. No, well, it's, you know, just whatever you can find around the house. Find sadness. <laughs> Go. Find <hope. laughs> Yeah. Find hopelessness. Go. Uh, yeah, I didn't so, have to look here. Yeah. Scavenger hunts. Uh, Ameri- gas station in the bumfuck Missouri. I didn't have to look very far. <laughs> there you go. Hopeless is right there. <laughs> American gossip columnist and professional hostess. 
that used to be a thing. You could be like a society person, and that was your job. Um, Elsa Maxwell <laughs> is created is credited, excuse me, with creating introducing <laughs> the scavenger. Created. She was created at one point or another. <laughs> But she's also credited with introducing the scavenger hunt as a party game for the modern era. Teams are challenged to scavenge for a list of odd items. Participants are not allowed to buy the objects, depending on where the hunt takes place, but may have to beg, barter, or work for them, which makes it sound like it was like a sexual game. Uh, some scavenger hunts, <laughs> some scavenger hunts add riddles to each item, increasing the difficulty of the game. The team with the most items or the first to complete their list wins. Seriously, though, if you're like a one of those society people and you're like, "Ooh, here's a game," and you can't buy the shit, but you could like beg or barter or work for them, isn't that the first thing that's going through your head? Like, fuck yeah, <laughs> I'll make you make a work for beg, it. barter, or work for it. Why, yes, I do have a red candle in my pocket. Would you like to see <laughs> it? I'll let, let you, like to light it for me. I'll let you beg, barter, or work for it. No, you keep your lighters to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations again to everybody celebrating this weekend. You can find this day in pop culture. That means all the birthdays, national days, and more every weekday, Monday through Friday at popgoestheculture.com. Be sure to check that out. Since it's Memorial Day weekend... We are discussing our favorite military films. And since there's four of us, what we're going to do is each of us is going to, we can talk about as many as you guys want to talk about, but each of us is going to pick one that is our favorite military film. We're going to throw them online and ask you to choose which is your favorite from the four. That's going to be this week's pop quiz. So pay attention. There will be a pop quiz after the discussion is over. So anybody, I'll start. I'm not a big war movie type person. I don't know about the rest of y'all. How about you guys? I grew up on them. Right. Yeah, I grew up on them yeah. too. Yeah, like I like all the John Wayne fucking war movies. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, oh, not yeah. you guys. You so don't. Funny. John Wayne was long dead before you guys were a twinkle in your father's eyes, but <laughs> <laughs> a yeah. dirty thought in your father's brains. <laughs> no, you know, for me watching those, my grandpa watched a lot of those, but. Right. It, it seemed like the the John Wayne ones were the one that we watched over and over again in the house. And right, they were on like every Saturday afternoon. And yeah, back in those days when there more were no more, channels. Yeah, we you know we more like the westerns that he was in, but the as far as the movie the war movies, those seemed to be the ones I could like I enjoyed watching as opposed to other war movies that were out at the time or whatever. So right. How about you guys? What's been your experience with the war movies, uh, Curtis and Brad? Well, well, shit. I think it started with Saving Private Ryan. I think yeah. that's really where it yeah. sort of spawned after that. And I saw like pretty much every war movie that came out after that. And then I started going through and watching all the ones that came out before that. Yeah, I don't it, want to date myself, but I want to say... Saving I don't want to Private date Ryan. you either, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Saving Private Ryan was probably the first war movie I ever actually saw. Right. Because I was, I also came out in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just leave it at that. Fair enough. (laughs) I I was ripped from my mother's womb in the 90s. (laughs) I remember watching that movie for the very first time, and he's, you know, five years younger than me, and I don't remember how old I was. I think I was, I think I was 11. So he was six. 
And I just remember him bawling his eyes out at like everyone getting shot. <laughs> I distinctly remember the first time I watched that, losing my goddamn mind, seeing a guy with carrying no his arm, arm around, hunting <laughs> yeah. for it, and then picking up his severed arm on the beach while people are getting blown to bits around him. Yeah, yeah it's not something a six-year-old should see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, if I had to Ooh. guess, I, I kind of, I, I already know which one Curtis is going to pick. I'm guessing. Um, but we'll talk oh, about I that. In exactly the, yeah, I think we all probably do. But go ahead. What other thoughts do you guys have? I mean, because like I said, it's not a genre that I'm really well versed in and big on. I don't. I don't. It doesn't not scratch my big itch. On it either, to be honest. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I stuck with it. I I liked uh, the Band of Brothers show, the Pacific. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were yeah, soldiers yeah, yeah. came out. Even Black Hawk Down. I really liked Black Hawk Down a lot. Right. Yeah. 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 And I don't know, I just, I always enjoy watching those because it was something that I never, I had always in high school thought that maybe I was going to join some branch of the military, but then I was just like, I'm fucking lazy. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just what time do they have to get up and then they got to run? Oh, shit. Like no, they no. got to get up hourly in the morning and yeah. they get to work immediately? Fuck. Right. Yeah. So I was just like, I'll watch other people. <laughs> live vicariously through the actors on screen right <laughs> so yeah that's it so let's think about so everybody's going to pick one your favorite military film and even though none of us are like like i said huge fans of the genre i think we can all easily come up with one a piece curtis since we all know what you're going to pick you want to go ahead and tell us why you want to pick apocalypse now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i knew he was going to pick it too I, I mean, I could have gone Full Metal Jacket. I mean, shit. You were always going to go but you Apocalypse. All right, fine. Apocalypse Now. So, I don't know. It's it's just a, it's not typical but when you think of, like, war movies. Because it's not even really a war movie. It just takes place during a war. Right. And you follow the guide down a river, down, like, a crazy, all this crazy bullshit that's, like, reminiscent of the Odyssey and... Dante's Inferno and all this shit just until it gets to where he needs to. And then it's just like, wow, I feel really depressed after watching that. But that was a great movie. So I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It just sort of like impacted me in a, at a young age when I watched it. So, right. And it is, yeah. it, it is a, it is a modern take on Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness, Heart, the, Heart, nar- Heart yeah, of the Dark- novel. So it just, yeah. like you said, it yeah. just happens to be set in the middle of the Vietnam War. Um, not an and easy the, film the to get made. Behind, <laughs> the story behind the movie is even crazier than the movie itself, too. So if you ever have a chance to watch the the documentary that Coppola's wife made called Hearts of Darkness, yeah. it's a good watch. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a crazy story. It's funny because I guess this would be a potential pick for somebody, so I don't want to like give it away or anything. But uh, yeah, it, it is the basis for, you know, in a loose way, Tropic Thunder. Um, yeah, you have this goofy ass, you know, this crazy story that is bigger than the actual movie that was being made. So, not saying anybody has to pick that, but just saying it's a that's an out there. So, uh, I'm going to go last. So, uh, Kenny, Brad, either of you have one in in your mind? Is, is either of you going to take the low hanging fruit? Who's going to be no. the, the janky ass motherfucker that takes the low hanging fruit? What do you consider the low hanging fruit? The one that everybody has seen, <laughs> the uh, the one that popped YouTube's war movie cherries, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah well, you know, like when I, I was trying to think of, I was like, well, do I go 
something that's kind of the non-traditional war or whatever movie, but I, I kind of decided to go, because I, I looked at, you know, maybe Full Metal Jacket, uh, you know, because I, I remember seeing that in the drive, the drive-in and, you know, the Deer Hunter, stuff like that, but uh, I, I ended up going with Good Morning Vietnam. Okay. Ooh, nice. It's a good pick. And Why'd you go with that? Because that movie, that movie has always, you know, it, between the mixture of the comedy and the the realness of what was going on, and they tried to tell you a little something, you know, while entertaining you, and it just, Robin Williams has always been my favorite comedian, you know, so... I just that's just a natural choice for me to pick. It felt like if you took the concept of MASH, took it out of the hospital, set it in a studio, moved it from the Korean War to the Vietnam War, there a lot of similarities. Yeah, it's it's using humor to tell a very strong anti war story in the middle of a war. So yeah, I can totally see that being a great pick as well. Now yeah. that's something someone can use too for this week, MASH, because it was a movie. Absolutely. MASH could be used uh, yeah. if, if the Robert Altman film. So it's Brad and I. Brad, I'm going to give you the third pick, and then I'll go last because I've got two in mind. I don't think you're going to take either one of them, so I will have to make a choice. But uh, in, okay. case, in case you take one, that'll make it well, easier for me. Like I said earlier, I haven't actually seen very many war films, and I don't really want to pick anything Private Ryan. But uh, <laughs> I was actually considering going with MASH. Well, then you um, should. If, you, if that's your pick, go for it, man. Yeah, it's 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 based on a book that was written by a guy who I think he served during the Korea uh, Korean War. Richard Hooker. But when the movie came out, it was actually a little bit more of a commentary on the Vietnam War. They were right. halfway through the Vietnam War at that point, and uh, it's it's kind of an I suppose you could say it's an anti-war film in many regards. Yeah, anti-establishment for sure. Mm-hmm. I agree um, with that. Yeah, and of course it 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 absolutely and you know spawned uh, one of the most beloved TV sitcoms uh, in history, which lasted longer than the fucking war itself did. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Mash the movie. If anyone hasn't seen it, it's it's nothing like the TV show. No, uh, it's not. Other, other than there's you know army surgeons on the you know not on the front lines but near the front lines. And just doing all sorts of wacky, crazy shit, but not in a TV safe way. Right. <laughs> uh, you actually see some gore in the operation, operating right. rooms, they, just they, a little bit. They take their jobs very seriously when they're operating, and uh, that's kind of why they don't like the Frank Burns characters because they clash with him in the operation. Right. But uh, Elliot Gould's probably my favorite portrayal of Trapper John, and there's been three of them. Right. But yeah, Donald Sutherland and Elliot. Gould and then Tom Skerritt as Duke, who was a character cut from the TV series. But, like, they're all really great in that. And Robert Duvall as well. Um, I don't know. It's it's a very funny movie, too. Um, a little bit... Uh, doesn't quite hold up. A lot of <laughs> SJWs will probably find it offensive. In, in some regards, it is kind of offensive. Like, very offensive. Yeah. <laughs> but, right. yeah, I'll still pick that one. All right, so we've got Apocalypse Now, uh, Good Morning Vietnam, and MASH. So it's down to me, and I've got two to choose from, and I know which way I'm leaning, so I'm going to get the one I'm not going to choose out of the way first. So I'm not going to choose Glory 
the Matthew Broderick, Morgan Freeman, uh, Denzel Washington, Denzel Washington Civil War film. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great movie. Love that movie. If you find it on, it's one of those that you stop on when you're flipping the channels. It's like, oh, shit, this is on. There's not a bad performance in that movie. Um, that's a fantastic film. Love it to death and was struggling, but I will not pick it. I'm going to go with, and it is a military film, certainly. Um, the ones that you guys have posted are all, you know, very Vietnam, Korean War heavy. I'm going more with the Cold War, the U.S. versus Russia. I'm taking for my pick Top Gun. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> wow, that's a pick, right? There. It is a pick, that's, but you know what? As as, as, as it is, it's that's and that's part of the reason why I'm going with it because it is way the fuck off the rails different from what you guys have got because this was this was you know. Tom Cruise in his heyday, and I know you could argue when Tom Cruise's heyday was, but this was young Tom Cruise being cocky and cocksure. It's got Anthony Edwards. It's got, you know, Tim Robbins is in it. Of course, Val Kilmer as Iceman. Um, you mentioned Tom Skerritt earlier. I mean, it's just, it is so just over the top 80s. I mean, it, it defines what the eighties was at that moment in that cold war with Russia. Um, it, and it, it pretty is, much made Tony Scott's career too. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it, it's just, I mean, if, for, if you're looking for pure, just like turn it on and it, I mean, it's goofy, it's serious, it's emotions. It's, it's just, it, it tries to be a little bit of everything. And in some ways it fails as a film because it's it does that it tries to be a little bit everything but it but every yeah. if you just took every scene as its own scene and you just made a movie based around that scene you could do that with every scene in this movie and have like an infinite number of actual films that are based around like okay let's take the volleyball scene and that's just the fucking movie we're gonna make it's a bunch of shirtless military you know navy guys playing volleyball let's take this scene and it's gonna be the, we're gonna do everything around this fucking cheesy bar where they're singing you know you lost that love and feel it's just every scene is it's is so completely different and yet it, it still comes together and tells one story that you know it's it, it's it's just it's just a weird it's it's weird the way the 80s worked man it's weird that a movie like this ever worked at all but it was like the recruiting tool for the US military for like the next decade because it was so i mean the, between the score and, you know, you you come out of it where, you know, like it, it's America flapping, throwing its dick out on the table and being like, fucking measure up, boys. You know, it's like, yeah, we shot down. You know, we had two you know jets in the air and we shot down four. We made the rest of them fucking run off because they couldn't handle it. And it's it's so cheesy ass America in the 80s. It like perfectly encapsulates what what the U.S. was thinking and doing at that time. And for that reason, man, that that fucking movie is going to be what I'm going to throw out there in the pop quiz. Um, now we are, we are doing this on, you know, we're recording this, but we've, we're doing this live this week on cast, which we haven't talked about yet. We'll talk about a little bit more later. Um, what that means is there are people listening and reacting in real time as we're talking about this. And, uh, Tara, Tara, who follows us on social media, she's actually going to be doing some stuff for the website for us now. Uh, she said American sniper was a good one. She liked American sniper with, uh, I think that was the one with well, Bradley was- Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Yeah, that one was my backup. Was it? Yeah, that was far between it and Good Morning Vietnam. 
Yeah. I would just thought of uh, Stripes. Stripes would have been a good one, too. Stripes <laughs> would have been another one that would have been a, a kind of an oddball, more MASH-like choice, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah. Now, would, Red, would Red Dawn count as one? Yeah, I'd count it. I'd count it. Why not? Which yeah. one, the original or the remake? Is not the remake. No, it's the original. No, the original. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on now. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think Red Dawn could have been one. Yeah, I, I think you could have certainly, if you had picked it, nobody would have been like, "Oh, fuck that." No, because it was, it was, you know, what was it? Was it North Korea that was invading in that one, or is that the remake? I don't fucking remember. It was Russia. I was it was, the was it Russia? Russia it was either Russia. Yeah. It was either Russia or it was China or it was North Korea. It's been a hot minute since I've watched that movie. It's been a North Korea, but I don't. I don't know. I didn't actually watch it. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. It all kind of runs together after a while, but. Yeah, that would have been a good pick as well. Um, but that's not one of our choices. And I'll let you know also, Tara did post that she just hopes that Curtis loses because she's still bitter that he doesn't like the Princess Bride. So. You know what? <laughs> you know what? I'll the B word. You know what, Tara? <laughs> it's fine. People, people can just not get it. I'll watch it again one day. It's on so Disney Plus right now. There you go. Well, this week's... Yeah, well, that's fine. This week's pop quiz is live right now. And if you're listening to us as we're recording this live, it's not live right now. But by the time you listen to this podcast on Friday, it is live right now on our social media pages on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can search for and follow us at PGTC Podcast. The pop quiz is pinned right to the top of those pages, so you cannot miss it. Vote for your favorite military film this yeah. week and we'll bring you the results of the pop quiz on next week's brand new episode of pop goes the culture podcast any yeah, thoughts on that before we move on uh, i was just gonna say i think my when it comes to war films the ones that i do actually like the most and mash doesn't actually fit this much are are the ones that are less about the war or the battle and more about like you know one character or a small group character's mission right it's kind of what I you know, I think people like about Saving Private Ryan is what I like about Saving Private Ryan. It's what I like about Apocalypse Now. It's what I liked about 1917, which just came out last year. I really right. liked that movie. Um, the most recent war film that I actually watched is not a recent movie, but I recently watched uh, The Great Escape for the right. first time. Yeah, and if anyone hasn't seen that, that's really good. It's it's built around Steve McQueen for some reason. Like he's the main get- character in that. But if you ask me, it's Richard Attenborough who's the main star of that movie. He kind of steals that movie from me. Yeah. We did have a Horny69 Toad on cast. Yes, that's the <laughs> username of Horny69 Toad. This is a wonderful name. <laughs> is, uh, is, uh, Sprite. That's his ML. That's right. Is echoing uh, Stripes <laughs> as well. So Stripes would have been a good pick. Um, oh. But <laughs> nobody took it this week. All right. So coming up this week. Oh. I yeah, do have one thing. Yeah, go hey, ahead. Hey Tara. Hey Tara, how are you? God damn it. Um, I'll watch. Uh, I'll watch your Princess Bride if you uh, if you watch Apocalypse Now. There we go. There we go. We'll she see didn't what... say she hadn't seen it or didn't like it. She well, just said she's hoping. <laughs> yeah. Failed. No, what she said just, was what what she said is it's on. So there you go. <laughs> We may have to do a cast party. We may have to cast those two back to back with a palate <laughs> cleanser in between of some sort. <laughs> I want to point out, she's not hoping that the apocalypse now fails. She's hoping you fail. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Thank you for clarifying. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> she agrees. Like yes. She, she has agreed with us as well. So. It's all right. But it's been years since I've since I last seen it, so you know. 
I never saw it growing up and I haven't had the chance to see it yet. It's one that I've been curious about just because I know it's popular, but I'm, I, I now realize the reason I never saw it up brother here apparently hated the fucking movie. <laughs> he wouldn't hit every copy of it. He went to the video store, got in there before you came in, turned all the boxes around of the VHS tapes on the shelf so you never saw it. All right, well, coming up this week, today, Friday, new albums from the Indigo Girls, Steve Earle and the Dukes, the 1975 and more. Uh, we will also, doing this cast thing, we are going to be casting The Last Drive-In on Friday night. That starts at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. Be sure to join us for that. I know, uh, Curtis, you've popped in for quite a few of those, haven't you? I've popped into a couple of them, yeah. Brain, brain, Like I said last week, brain damage was interesting. I didn't get a chance to do last week. What was on last week? Uh, last week was... Was last week the trauma stuff? I think it was. Trauma's War was the first one, and I forgot what uh-huh. it was. Lloyd yeah, Kaufman was on. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So be sure to catch that with us on Friday night. Saturday night, AEW's Double or Nothing pay-per-view coming at you live. That is the casino ladder match for the AEW title shot. Uh, it's the debut of the TNT title in the tournament finals between Cody and Lance Archer. Title match between John Moxley and Brody Lee. All that kicks off at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. If you're into the wrestling, be sure to check that out. Saturday yeah. night on cast. We're not going to be casting that. Uh, Saturday night on cast, we are going to be casting Ready or Not. Did anybody else see Ready or Not last year in theaters besides me? Not in theaters, but didn't we did see it in it. theaters, yeah, but we did see it. You did watch it. What'd you guys think of it? I liked it. Liked it. Yeah, it was good. Uh it was weird. Like the marketing seemed like they had promoted like, you know, the badass. Like there was like an image of her that was kind of like put out there with like the, the dress and the sneakers and the, the gun with the bandoliers. And then the gun and the bandoliers went away very quickly. <laughs> right. But yeah. otherwise I, I really enjoyed the it was almost like a poking fun at the marketing it's like eh, that's not gonna fucking last <laughs> you know i don't know it's, fun. it's a fun movie though for what it was i think if i was like and, and i only say that not to disparage the film because i really enjoyed it i dug it i think if i was 20 years younger and in their demographic i would have dug the shit out of this movie um, but it is a lot of fun. It premieres uh, on HBO on Saturday night, so we're going to cast that right here in this cast room. Uh, that starts at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. Just so you know, following up on an earlier discussion, Horny69Toad says, the best trauma film ever, Blondes Have More Guns, is the best trauma film ever. That's debatable, but we're not going to debate it. Is, we're going to keep moving. Monday I, night. I, I like, Go ahead. I like a lot of the. I like uh, you know, Tromeo uh, and Juliet and Cannibal Music. Right. Terra Firmer, Poltergeist. There's, there's a lot of good trauma films. Um, I mean, are they good? Well, <laughs> there are a lot of entertaining <laughs> trauma films. We'll put it that way. You're right. Uh, Monday yeah. night, the Titan Games season two premieres on NBC. Kenny, did you watch the Titan Games last year? That's the one the Rock uh, did. The Rock was the host, and they had like. All kinds of crazy was, ass strength competition type stuff. Yeah, I watched a couple of them, but I it just didn't do nothing for me. Yeah, that premieres season two premieres on NBC on Monday, Tuesday night. We have the America's Got Talent and World of Dance season premieres on NBC. I, I know we'll all be watching those. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, the Elder Scrolls <laughs> Graymore DLC for PC that drops on Tuesday. Minecraft Dungeons, kind of a Diablo-esque Minecraft game that drops for PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the Switch on Tuesday. 
And of course, we've talked about this before. Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath is available on the Google Stadia, PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. On home video, The Invisible Man releases on Blu-ray and DVD. Is it just me? Or like, has The Invisible Man been like available? I know it's been available digitally for a while, but it seems like from the moment this movie has come out, it's like never really left the conversation. Is it's it not invisible. It's not invisible. <laughs> they've, done, they've done a good job of keeping it out there. You know, keeping it all fresh in people's minds. They have. It, it for was, whatever reason. Yeah, and it came out, I want to say it came out in February. Is that right? I mean, it came out in Somewhere. February. Yeah. It came out right before. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like it, I feel, maybe it's just me, but I feel like it was in theaters for like a month before theaters shut down. I don't know. It feels like this thing's been around forever. Like we've been living with the Invisible Man for like a while now. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, the Invisible Man in our lives is the government that's watching us every second. That's why we're hiding out in the <laughs> you guys get the tinfoil <laughs> lining the inside of the car and everything, do you? Exactly. Uh, you know, you may, Joe, you may be right because I know, <laughs> like, there's been a few movies that I wanted to go see in like February or January, February, but you know, by that point, the coronavirus stuff was starting to hit, and it's like mm, maybe we shouldn't just in case. And right. So it could have been out, you know, for a while. Feels like it was. Horny 69 Toad on cast says he saw it in theaters. He or she. I don't know. I'm guessing he based on the name Horny 69 Toad. I could be way wrong. And if I am, please correct me and send nudes to uh, podcast at. No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Horny 69 Toad says, I feel bad for anyone that paid $19.99 to see it on demand. So <laughs> there we go. Uh, Wednesday, HBO Max launches on Wednesday with their slate of original programming. Um, including Anna Kendrick and the talking sex doll that isn't real or something. I don't know. It'll be a hot minute for anybody, I think, subscribes to HBO Max. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the final season, premieres on ABC. It is new comic book day on Wednesday. Comic books are shipping again. New issues of... I'm going to run through a list, and I'm going to miss some, but that's all right. Uh, Frankenstein Undone, Aquaman, Basket Full of Heads. That actually wraps up next weekend. Uh, Batman and the Outsiders, Batman Beyond, Flash, Green Lantern, Hawkman, He-Man, and the Masters of the Multiverse. That also wraps up next week. Justice League, Suicide Squad, Teen Titans, Wonder Woman, Amazing Spider-Man, Avengers, Venom, and Rogue Planet number one. Brand new book uh, by... Uh, by our a local comic book writer, Colin Bunn. All that and many more. Again, start hitting up your uh, local comic book shops because they are open for business. Many of them are. And then on Wednesday night, our friends over at Fanatics and the Fan on their Facebook page are doing their Whedon Wednesday watch parties. Uh, those start at 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central. I think they're watching Firefly still, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I think, I think it's still Firefly. I think, they, I think that's what they're still on. Thursday night, join us right here on the Pop Goes the Culture podcast cast channel for a live recording of next week's episode of the podcast. This is working. I was I didn't know how it would work as far as the technology piece. Um, so it's working. Again, we've had interaction with a couple of folks here in the cast channel. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's more fun for us to be able to talk to and play off you guys live because when we record it, it's just us talking, and then we send it out there, and sometimes we get feedback, sometimes we don't. Uh, sometimes people call and leave us messages on the hotline. Sometimes people leave us reviews and tell us what an ass Curtis is, and they hope that he fails at everything in life, um, which he's doing a good job of. So congratulations. 
situations. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I've been take it for my entire life. I've been saying exactly. <laughs> so join us here live on the Pop Goes the Culture Cast Channel, so you can watch Curtis uh, flame and burn live every Thursday night. Uh, so check that out. Uh, again, it, the cast channel, if you're not sure what cast is, and I've, I know we've explained it a couple times because we're kind of new to it as well, it's where we can show video, we can do the audio from the podcast, we can sit around and watch stuff together, and we can talk about it, and we can type back and forth, or we can turn on everybody's mics, and we can all have a conversation. Um, when we do these cast things, like on Friday night, Saturday night, mostly on the weekends, you know, we'll throw up, you know, like for example, Friday night tonight. If you're listening to this on Friday, we're gonna throw up the last drive-in. You'll be able to watch it with us. You'll be able to type along with us. If you've got a microphone and you just type me a message, and you're like, hey, turn on the mics. I'll turn on the microphone so we can talk while we're watching it. It's it's a lot of fun. It's just like having a party, you know, and bringing all your friends over and turning on the TV and watching something together. Um, so we're going to do that again. We do that every weekend. We're going to do that on Thursday nights as well with the live recording of the podcast. So you can check out the link to our cast channel. You can check out the link to all of our social media stuff, including the pop quiz. You can find where to listen to the podcast or listen to it live right there. All of that information is at popgoestheculture.com. And then if you don't do the cast thing with us, if you're busy on Thursday nights, be sure to check out next Friday and every Friday, uh, Another brand new episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast in your podcast player of choice. Again, just search for Pop Goes the Culture podcast. Find the little pink word pop. Click on that. Subscribe and listen to every episode of these things that we do. Uh, it's a lot of fun to do it live, but if you can't join us live, definitely check out the podcast. I don't know what Tara is going to do, to be honest. She normally listens to the show while she's jogging and running on Friday mornings. Um, but now she's just sitting here with us live on Thursday night. So I don't know. I, she's going to have to find something else to listen to when she runs tomorrow. She's going to plot Curtis's demise in her head. That'd be all right. Yeah. Or or not just in her head. <laughs> she may be taking notes as she's running. I don't know. I don't know. She, she, we'll like find out. Talking us right now for all we know. Tara's, Tara's actually, uh, I don't know that I don't know that I even told anybody else this. Tara's going to be doing our, on the website at popgoestheculture.com. You know, we're doing stuff every day. We got new stuff coming out. Um, we've been trying to, I've been trying to every Saturday put together some kind of like a little craft project. Um, and it's usually just me linking to somebody else's craft project and be like, hey, check out this craft over at this website. Um, but a lot of the stuff that I was linking to, um, it's all stuff that Tara was like, hey, did you see this? I see that you're trying to do crafty stuff. Have you checked out this project? I did this with the kids. It was a lot of fun. It was really easy. And so um, I just set her up with an account on the website and said, here you go. So she's got stuff ready to go for this Saturday. She's got stuff ready for next Monday on Memorial Day. Um, she's got a lot of stuff. She says that uh, in a couple of weeks, we're looking at some Ninja Turtle stuff as well. So anything entertainment and pop culture related that you could do a craft or like a recipe or something like that. Tara's taking over. She's the crafting queen. So she's going to take over that stuff for us at the website. Um, and she's I've, I've already seen what she's put up there for Monday. She's already done a great job. So I know she'll keep doing a great job for us. And I will say I saw her post where she did the wands with the kids. And yeah. My personal favorite, I love the the number two wand. I thought that was a really cool wand. Well, there you go, Sarah. He liked the, the number two wand, which sounds probably... she was asking people on her page. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> she said, ugh. I don't know if that means she didn't like it or... Okay, that's her daughter's, so her daughter wins. All right. So check all that out as well. Um, again, if you... <laughs> 
If you've enjoyed this episode or any episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast, please, again, take a moment just to leave a review in your podcast player of choice. It doesn't cost you a thing, and it really is one of the best ways that you can show your support. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you think we can do better. Let us know your suggestions. If you've got a top story every week, hit us up on uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, all that, or be a part of the show on cast. I mean, like I said, you can be typing it in as we're sitting here talking along. So. We're going to continue to do this. It's been a lot of fun. I wasn't sure, like I said, the technology, how it would work out, but it seems to be working well. So we're going to keep doing this as long as, uh, as, long as we can. Anybody got Thank anything you. else before we get out of here? I'm, I'm sure you guys, I'm sure you guys talked about star girl premiering. No, we, sure did not. we did not <laughs> talk <laughs> about star girl. No, we didn't well, be- because you're the only one. That would watch on, okay. I watched it. I liked it. And I think I'm going to enjoy it. So Good. I, I will support. It. I'll be the one person that supports it. That's fine. <laughs> let's do. Let's do. Uh, let's go back and do the, uh, the the first part of the show. You know, in the opening of the show, we always ask what everybody had a chance to watch over the past week or so. Uh, Kenny wasn't with us at the beginning of the show, so you watched Star Girl. What else did you check out in the last week or so? I know you watched the Prince concert because you were watching it and while we were trying to record last week. <laughs> what do you yes, think I of will. the uh, What do you think of the Prince concert? I loved it. It just. It just sits in that I wish I would have been able to see that live, you know, not just him, but actually Prince and the revolution, but it was shot. Well, it looked like he was having a lot of fun. You know, like you said, he kept giving you that little shitty grin. (laughs) Like, Oh, you like that? Oh yeah. Just wait, here's more, you know? Yeah. So it it was really good. So I I really enjoyed that. Then I had watched, uh, I watched tag, did that, you watch it? How did I, that I go? It, Wait, which it, one? Tag Tag is the uh, ultimate tag. It's the new game show on Fox. Yes. It, it oh, looks okay. it looks a little American Gladiators ish. Is that is that right or wrong? Yeah, it's set up just like that. They have you know an obstacle course, and they have a couple different levels of uh, things. So it's not just the they're not just running the same game you know the same course every single time right so i'm like which is nice but they is very much american gladiators they've got each of the i think there's man there must have been like nine or 12 i don't know there's a lot of the runners is what they call them and uh but they uh my two favorites were atomic ant and there's a guy on there named uh geek and they're uh, the geek guys like a really like all, almost all of them are like parkour people right. from like the internet that got popular or right you know parkour competitions or whatever but it's, it's worth a watch it's really entertaining really because uh horny 69 toad says i watched that wreck that was the tag on fox <laughs> so i'm getting it's, it sounds like mixed reviews <laughs> so well now in all fairness <laughs> did he or she grow up watching American gladiators or did they ever watch American gladiators? Cause yes. it gives you that kind of, it gives you the feels from that. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of why I enjoyed it. Maybe so. Uh, well, the, the there might, says not, yes. have been enough, there might not have been enough horny toad 69 for this person on that <laughs> tag. I don't know. That's a different yeah, kind of tag. That's the Pornhub tag that you can get uh <laughs> premium. I think horny toads. Or whatever. Yeah, the, the ladies <laughs> on there all look like ex bodybuilders. So right. Oh well, most of them. So maybe he, horny toad sixty nine is not into that. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, sometimes you need sometimes sometimes a little too too much muscle can be a turnoff. I guess. 
Yeah, uh, you, well, they're not big. They're, they're like you know, they're smaller, but you right, can tell that still, they used to be just, just a little yeah. too much. Yeah, no, no, we're gonna go all in here. I don't uh, like it when you you can pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tone. That's what that's the word I was looking much. for. They're toned. Yeah, exactly. Uh, did you? So you you caught? Uh, you, I'm, I'm guessing you caught the series finale or season finales. Excuse me, maybe series finale. You caught the seasons finales of uh, the CW yeah. stuff, right? Supergirl and yeah. Batwoman. Yeah, and the Batwoman. You know that that I've watched, and I keep waiting for it to. It, it's like it keeps trying to do something, and it just can't get there you right. know yeah and, and with ruby rose you know leaving the cast i don't think that's going to affect it any because she didn't she was very she was kind of you know like just cashing the paycheck and, anyway yeah yeah i mean it, it was like she was trying to do something but she she just doesn't, doesn't have enough personality to make it you know like where everybody who plays it watchable <laughs> Yeah, you know, like anybody who played Bruce Wayne being Batman, they all had a personality and they had that something about him and she just doesn't have it or just didn't bring it or I don't know what it was. But so, I mean, that's not going to be a big loss. And yeah. I, I like the Supergirl finale. I really like, uh, oh, God, I keep forgetting his name that plays like Fluther. John Cryer. Uh, yeah. He, uh, I, I was kind of, when they first showed that it was going to be him, I was really disappointed until <laughs> more of his character came on, and I—he's an excellent Lex Luthor. Yeah, uh, I, I tried to watch it because I, I was casting. I had like three different screens oh. going that night, uh, last Sunday night on cast, and every time I would look over, it would just be like a shot of the mom from Stranger Things is like cleavage, and that's like all I can. Every time I, I don't know why, but like every time I would turn over, it'd be like, oh look, there's her boobs again, and then I'd like go back to doing something else, and then like five ten minutes later, I'd turn around like I'm there. it's either still or her another shot of her boobs again. So that was kind you of had yeah. what's that? That push up bro was giving it a hundred percent that <laughs> night. I was like, really? Does it have to be that? But you know, <laughs> it was funny. Did you catch Snowpiercer? Did you catch Snowpiercer? Uh, no, no, I haven't watched that yet. And mainly because with season two of Umbrella Academy around the corner, right. I've kind of gone back and started watching, you know, the first season again just to refresh myself. So, right. Um, I have Snowpiercer. Like I want to start watching. I just I didn't get a chance to. Cool. And did you catch Rick and Morty this week? Oh yeah, of course. The, the vat of <laughs> the vat of acid episode. Okay, good. <laughs> oh yes, I, I don't miss that. That that is a must. If I watch nothing else, I watch Rick and Morty. I still haven't seen season four yet. Oh, it's there. It's it's up and down. It's hit or miss. Uh, the vat yeah. of acid episode felt like classic Rick and Morty. It was pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Has anybody caught on? They're doing a lot of these because, again, content, and they're looking for shit to put out. Uh, Horny69 Toad asks, is anybody watch like Celebrity Watch Party? And I'll throw another one out there. I know that AMC is doing like watching TV with like Jeffrey Dean Morgan and his wife. Has anybody watched any of that kind of stuff at all? Or I've seen it advertised, but no, I haven't watched it. No. Yeah, no, I haven't either. Okay, just curious. He he'd asked the question. He or she had asked the questions. So I thought I'd follow up with that as well. Um, that's one of the benefits of being live in the room when we cast. You can ask your questions and we can answer them as we go. We're gonna wrap this thing up because I've got to catch uh, Holy Moly season two premiere off of the DVR when we get done here. 
Um, so we're going to wrap it up for this week. Thanks so much for joining us, whether you're catching us on the podcast, whether you're joining us live in the cast room. Um, thanks so much again for joining us. No, Tara, nobody mentioned The Great on Hulu because nobody watched The Great on Hulu. Sorry. <laughs> we'll all have to catch up and give you our reports. Uh, is it a series or is it just like a movie, like a made-for-TV movie is what it felt like? I couldn't tell from the advertising if it was like you know a, like six, ten-episode show or if it's just it's a show, and it was average. Okay, well, thanks. That saved us from having to watch it. Thank you very much uh, again for being in here on the, uh, on the uh, chat. I will take it off with you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I have been Joey Mills with the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast and the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. We've had on the show again, in the car, in the rain. Curtis, Brad. And joining us halfway through, Kenny. Thank you very much, guys. Join us back here next week. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to do this live again on cast and, of course, in your podcast player every week. So join us back here again. Until next time, be safe, be healthy. We'll talk to you later. See ya. Yeah, we got to get the fuck out of here. The banjo music's getting louder. Get out of there then. Talk to you later, guys. Be safe. (laughs) This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.